You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Martha Stewart, and we're back with a new season of my podcast. This season will be even more revealing and more personal with more entrepreneurs, more live events, and more questions from you. I'm talking to my cosmetic dermatologist, Dr. Dan Belkin, about the secrets behind my skincare. Encore Jane about creating a billion-dollar startup. Walter Isaacson about the geniuses who change the world. Listen and subscribe to the Martha Stewart podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Shannon Doherty, host of the new podcast, Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty. So in this podcast, I'm going to be talking about marriage, divorce, my family, my career. I'm also going to be talking a lot about cancer, the ups and the downs, everything that I've learned from it. It's going to be a wild ride. So Listen to Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Alec Baldwin. This past season on my podcast, Here's the Thing, I spoke with more actors, musicians, policymakers, and so many other fascinating people, like jazz bassist Christian McBride. Jazz is based on improvisation, but there's very much a form to it. You have a conversation based on that melody and those chord changes. So it's kind of like giving someone a topic and say, okay, talk about this. Listen to the new season of Here's the Thing on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. And I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Teleforce Productions and iHeartRadio presents Wheel Woman, Confessions of a Getaway Driver. How did you end up in Las Vegas? After Jimmy's murder, things were getting too hot in Rochester. There was a new chief of detectives who was less susceptible to certain favors. Not to mention the fact that Joe wasn't exactly happy with the new order of things. Joe thought it would be a good time to get out. He sold Caesars too when the money was burning a hole in his pocket. He made plans for us to move to Las Vegas on a temporary basis. How'd you feel about leaving? It's not like I had much say in the matter. But Joe and I had been doing okay and I hoped that being out of town might be good for us. That he might calm down without the bar and with a change of scenery. Plus, it was only supposed to be a few months. However, Vegas turned out to be another prison. How so? With neither of us employed, we spent most of our time in our small apartment. And like caged animals, we had vicious fights. It was the same old pattern. All my hope left quickly. 
But then I started to think that maybe it was supposed to be the fresh start for me, not for us. I thought this could be the chance I needed, and in a new place, I'd have better luck leaving him. I just wasn't sure how. Thankfully, my cousin Mickey instantly recognized my situation. For the last time, you gotta leave him, Georgia. We'll help you. I can't involve you, Mick. I'm not afraid of that asshole. When he leaves for the casino, I'll come over and I'll help you get your clothes out. Just leave him a note. Tell him you're done and you went to Los Angeles. And what if he comes by? We'll put your car in my garage. After he realizes you've gone for good, he'll probably go back to New York. I don't know, Mick. If he finds me, it'll only get worse. Plus, he can't really go back to New York right now. What time does he leave for the casino? It's always different. It's not punching a clock, you know. Come on, Georgia. I can't keep watching you live like this. And I'm not taking no for an answer this time. It's bullshit, and you know it. I'm off tomorrow. I'll stay home, and I'll wait for your call. How long does he usually stay out? Usually two, three hours. Depends if he's winning or losing. Just call me the minute he leaves. Yeah, yeah. Call me. Yeah, okay. I will. Thank you, Mac. Come on. What's family for? Mickey. If I really leave, this means I can't go back to Rochester. He'll find me and kill me for doing this. You can stay with us for as long as you need to. I stayed with Mickey for two weeks. Joe called, but Mickey said something about me going to L.A. for a job. Clearly, Joe didn't believe him. I caught sight of Joe driving by the house a few times late at night. I was beginning to feel trapped. Not to mention, I didn't have any money. So, against his better judgment, Mickey helped me get a job in the showroom at the Sahara. We both thought I'd be less visible there than anywhere else. And though I was still confined to only a few places, I was beginning to feel independent. A month went by, and my fear began to lessen. And then, one night, around two in the morning, as I walked through the deserted employee parking lot area towards my car, I felt fingers sink deep into my shoulders. Did you really think you could get away from me? Joe. Get in the car. Where are we going? Home, where you belong. I don't want to go home. He hit me so hard, my head bounced off the side window. Blood filled my mouth. But I didn't cry. I felt a familiar sensation. I started to fade away, and I let Georgia Black surface so she could help me remain calm. I'm happy, Joe. Why can't you just let me go? The last words out of your mouth were, I love you, and then you disappeared. You're not going to get away with that, Georgia. I won't stay. I'll leave the first chance I get. Okay. 
As he drove out into the dark desert on an unmarked road, I knew these could be my final moments. He was serious this time. If I didn't do something, I'd wind up dead within the hour. Who have you been seeing? And don't lie to me! There isn't anyone else, Joe! I just wanted to be happy! Ah! Who is it? <laughs> Why do you always think there has to be someone else? Can't you understand that the real reason is because of what you're doing right now? I've been following you. You better be honest. If you've been following me, then you know I'm not lying. I tried not to panic as Georgia Black tried to work out what Joe wanted to hear. But the road was becoming more desolate and we were running out of time. Joe, I do love you, but I, I just can't live like this anymore. You won't have to, honey, because you're going to die. And so is the motherfucker you've been seeing. A traffic light loomed in the distance like a beacon of hope. It was red and Joe was forced to slow down. I knew it was my only chance. I threw myself out of the car and rolled out of the way as Joe reversed towards me, trying to run me over. Thankfully, another car waited at the light. I ran to it and jumped in, yelling at the woman in the driver's seat. Please, please take me where there are people! Does he have a gun? No. I got lucky. She instantly understood the situation. I had an inkling this was not a normal woman. Thank God she drove fast. She made a U-turn back towards the strip, but Joe caught up to us and tried to force us off the road. See those cops in front of the hotel? Yes! Want me to pull in there? Yes, pull in, pull in! The fact that she asked confirmed my suspicions. A civilian would assume I wanted to seek refuge amongst the cops. She clearly had some experience in my world. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at lifelock.com slash iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. 
With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Professional dancer Cheryl Burke has been part of Dancing with the Stars since the very beginning. 26 seasons of the Samba, the Rumba and the Cha-Cha. 24 partners, 6 finals and 2 Mirabal trophies. She knows all the secrets, the behind-the-scenes arguments and the affairs, the flings, the flirting and the fighting. It's time to tell all on her new podcast, Sex, Lies and Spray Tans. We'll take you all the way back to season 1 and up through today... For the dance floor drama like you wouldn't believe. Former partners, co-stars, friends and frenemies will join Cheryl each week. Listen to Sex, Lies and Spray Tans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Chelsea Handler and if you listen to my podcast, Dear Chelsea, you know that I love making space for women to share their stories. And that is why I'm excited to be part of Women Take the Mic, iHeartRadio's celebration of women who make music, influence change, and create culture. All month long, your favorite voices from talk radio, music, and podcasting will highlight the remarkable achievements made by women and discuss the most significant issues facing us today. Search Women Take the Mic to listen to a collection of International Women's Day episodes from iHeart's top podcasts, including Angela Yee's Lip Service, The Psychology of Your 20s, and Dear Chelsea. It is a great way to support women and discover your new favorite show. Listen to Women Take the Mic on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As soon as I stepped out of the car, she was off. I never even got her name. I was a disheveled mess. My clothes were torn, lip bleeding. I ran up to the cops as Joe pulled in and got out of the car looking cool and collected. He darted a look at me, a warning. Officer! Officer, I need your help! Oh, are you okay? 
What's the problem here? That's my car. I want to take it and leave. Please just help me get my car back. Don't listen to what that man says. Officer, this is my wife. We came here from New York because her psychiatrist thought a change might be good for her, but obviously it isn't working. What? What are you talking about? I don't have a psychiatrist. As I panicked, Joe put a hand on the cop's shoulder and led him aside. They conferred inaudibly. Finally, they came back to me. I could tell immediately the cop was no longer interested in helping me. I knew if I got back in the car with Joe, that would be it. Especially now that I'd violated the rules. I did what had to be done. Lady, why don't you calm down? Go home with your husband. What kind of cop are you anyway? Your job is to protect the public, not send them to the desert to be killed! I screamed as I ripped the name tag off his shirt, kicking him like a wild woman. Tin badge piece of shit! You good-for-nothing pigs, get off me! Let go of me! Four cops were on me in two seconds flat. They threw me against the police car and handcuffed me. Stupid, stupid pigs! Can't even do your simple fucking job! Get off me! Let go of me! The cop I kicked was pissed. To satisfy his own anger, he handcuffed Joe as well. Joe glared at me, but he kept his mouth shut. I knew I was in trouble, but at least for the night, I was safe. Georgia Black had accomplished what she had set out to do. That wasn't a good move, Georgia. What if I'd had a gun on me? Oh, well, then I guess I'd already be dead. And there wouldn't be any need to be having this conversation. Drop the fucking attitude, Georgia. You haven't had too much experience dealing with these pricks, but you're about to get it firsthand. Just keep your fucking mouth shut. I'll get us out of this. I don't want to get out of this. Officer, I'd like to know exactly what I'm being arrested for. Hmm. Vagrancy, public intoxication, and possession of a dangerous weapon. What dangerous weapon? What are you talking about? I found this club under your car seat. That's not mine. That's not even my car. Says Jay Lamandola on it. Sounds like your name to me. I've got over $3,000 in my pocket. You can hardly call that vagrancy. And I haven't had a drink all night. I want a sobriety test. Do you see what I mean? They're a bunch of fucking pricks. I knew Joe was right. They had no right to arrest Joe anyway. And the jerk should have helped me in the first place. Cops are all bad guys in disguise. We drove to the Clark County Jail in silence. The handcuffs were tighter than necessary, but I wasn't going to complain. Officer? Yeah? Did I tell you that you're an asshole? What the hell, Georgia Christ, shut up! I think you're forgetting something here, Joe. We wouldn't be in this situation if it weren't for you! The paddy wagon carved its way through the strip, picking up some very interesting characters along the way. Finally, we arrived at the county jail, and they led the men down one hall and the women down another. As we headed in separate directions, Joe looked back and told me not to call anyone, that he'd get us out in a few hours. They led me to a room to be fingerprinted and have a mugshot taken. Finally, I settled into my temporary home with two very nice roommates. One was a lady of the night, and the other was a young girl who was picked up for hitchhiking, or so she said. 
All I could think was, how did I get here? I didn't hear anything all night and wasn't allowed to make a call. By breakfast the next morning, I began to worry that Joe was going to try to teach me a lesson by keeping me inside. It wasn't until later in the afternoon that they called my name. As I walked out into the blinding desert sun, Joe and Butch Marionette were waiting for me. Butch had been living in Vegas for the last six months and was Joe's eyes. I didn't say hello. Come on, the car's across the street. I'm not going with you. Don't start. I'm not going to hurt you. Now put a smile on your face and just walk out that gate. I did what I was told. I obviously couldn't count on the police for help. Aren't you going to thank Butch for bailing us out? You thank him. He's your friend. I was in the same cell as the guy who stole the money at Caesars. You know what his bail was? $900. You know what ours was? $5,000 apiece. You wouldn't listen to me, Georgia. You had to shoot off that mouth of yours. That mouth is going to get you killed one day, you know that? Where's my car? The pricks impounded it. We're going to pick it up now. Get in the car. We pulled into Denny's parking lot, Joe with his crumpled suit and me with my torn clothes and fat lip and scraped up body. What a pair. But this was Las Vegas. Nothing was out of place. Why are we stopping here? We're going to eat something before we get your car. You must be starving. I'm sure you didn't eat any of that food in there. I worried about you. You worried about me? Last night you were going to kill me, and today you worried about me? You need help, Joe. I just want to get my car and go home. Fine. You should have seen her, Butch. That cop won't be forgetting her for a few weeks, especially when he takes a shower. She's one feisty little chick, huh? That's why I love her, I guess. Wasn't funny, Joe. Come on, my little jailbird. We'll laugh about this in years to come. Maybe so. Right now, I don't see the humor. Butch dropped us off at the impound. They released my car after a lengthy delay, but I was too tired to be a smart aleck, so I just sat patiently until the paperwork was done. Joe took the car keys and got into the driver's seat. He drove in silence to our apartment. When we arrived, he took the keys from the ignition and placed them in his pocket as if they were a prized possession. Joe, I need to go to Mickey's. He'll be worried, and I need to check on Tony. I have to go. Just come in for ten minutes. I want to talk to you. Then you can go. Not really having a choice, I walked up the two flights of stairs. Joe followed close behind and put the key in the lock. You could tell I was feeling anxious. I'm not going to hurt you, Georgia. I just want to talk to you. What am I going to do with you? Let me go, Joe. I'll never let you go, Georgia. I love you too much to let you walk out of my life. You'll leave over my dead body, but until then, you belong to me. Body, mind, Don't and- say it, Joe. Don't say spirit, because you've broken that. I'm, I'm dead inside. 
Can't you see that? You're taking my body, you managed to twist my mind, and and now you killed what was left to me, my spirit. I'm afraid to say what I feel, so I try not to feel anything. I can't remember the last time I laughed. Do you think that that what you did last night just goes away? It doesn't. I try to push it out of my mind, but I, I can't. You love me, Georgia. I know you do. Yes, I love you. But I hate you just as much. I'm sad all the time. I just want to be happy. I don't want to live like this anymore, and I don't think this is any kind of life for Tony either. Children are supposed to laugh, and that child rarely does these days. We tiptoe around you, never knowing if we're going to say or do something to set you off. You would have killed me last night. There's just no stopping you when you get into a rage. You gotta let me go, Joe. Who is he, Georgia? Who's who? The cocksucker you're seeing. Don't play stupid. Oh, Jesus. I'm not seeing anyone, Joe. Why won't you listen to me? You wouldn't be talking like this if you weren't seeing someone. Why can't we talk like normal people, Joe? Why is it impossible to say what I feel? Why can't you ever hear what I'm saying? If you're lying to me, I swear, I'll kill you. I'll kill anyone that touches you. You belong to me. I'm not lying. Honey, please, don't leave me. I can't go through this again. You tear my fucking heart out when you do this. I can't live without you, Georgia. Please, say you'll never leave me. Say it. Can you say that you'll never hurt me? I'm so sorry about last night. I know I scared you scared me. Joe, you were going to kill me. You almost ran me over with the car, for Christ's sake. I know, I know, but you were gone for so long. I didn't know where you were. I thought I'd lost you for good. I just couldn't stand the thought of you never coming back. I love you so much, Georgia. You're all I have, you and Tony. You're my life. Please say you love me. Just say it. Honesty was impossible. He didn't want to hear how I felt. He only wanted it to be all right. All I wanted was to get off the merry-go-round, hopefully alive. I let him hold me close and kiss me. When he ripped off my blouse and pinned me down, I told him to stop. He didn't. I fought for a little while, but I was exhausted. I had no strength or will left, and I succumbed to what he wanted as I had done one too many times before. When it was over, I got up to leave. Will you come back? Not tonight. But you are coming back? Yes. I'll be back in the morning. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. 
finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it, that's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated, we're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV, on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Professional dancer Cheryl Burke has been part of Dancing with the Stars since the very beginning. 26 seasons of the Samba, the Rumba, and the Cha-Cha. 24 partners, 6 finals, and 2 Mirabal trophies. She knows all the secrets, the behind-the-scenes arguments, and the affairs, the flings, the flirting, and the fighting. It's time to tell all on her new podcast, Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans. We'll take you all the way back to season 1 and up through today for the dance floor drama like you wouldn't believe. Former partners, co-stars, friends, and frenemies will join Cheryl each week. Listen to Sex, Lies, and Spray Tans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Chelsea Handler, and if you listen to my podcast, Dear Chelsea, you know that I love making space for women to share their stories. And that is why I'm excited to be part of Women Take the Mic, iHeartRadio's celebration of women who make music, influence change, and create culture. All month long, your favorite voices from talk radio, music, and podcasting will highlight the remarkable achievements made by women and discuss the most significant issues facing us today. Search Women Take the Mic to listen to a collection of International Women's Day episodes from iHeart's top podcasts, including Angela Yee's Lip Service, The Psychology of Your 20s, and Dear Chelsea. It is a great way to support women and discover your new favorite show. Listen to Women Take the Mic on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, good people. This is Laia. Now, for years, we have celebrated Women's History Month at QLS with a month of very special programming. This year, we have three Grammy Award-winning ladies, Brittany Howard, Corinne Bailey Ray, and Lettucey. All three of these artists make music and write songs that fit many genres, and each will be discussing new songs and albums. We also have the incomparable, incredible queen of dance, Fatima Robinson, who has won NAACP Image Awards, choreographed the Oscars, the Grammys, your favorite Gap ad, and Super Bowls. You know her from her work with Beyonce, Mary J. Blige, and of course, Aaliyah, and most recently, The Color Purple. Celebrate Women's History with us at Questlove Supreme every week in March. Listen to QLS on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, Chelsea Handler here from the Dear Chelsea Podcast, and I love women. iHeart is proud to celebrate International Women's Day by highlighting some truly exceptional women and the work they do to make the world a better place. There are certain things that only women can do, like bring life into the world, multitask successfully, and in my opinion, women are the only people who should ever be seen wearing open-toed shoes. 
Our guest this week is none other than Monica Lewinsky. We discuss what to do about online bullying, why the media treats men and women so differently, and how we women can turn our pain into power. On Dear Chelsea, we give unfiltered, powerful, and often hilarious, I do say so myself, advice to our listeners who write in about anything from breakups and loss to nosy neighbors and what to do about your boyfriend's OnlyFans habit. Which brings us right back to International Women's Day. Take a moment this week to think about how you can support the women in your life and then take action. Find Dear Chelsea on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When I finally got back to my cousin's house, I went to check in on Tony. She was peacefully asleep. As I sat there, watching her, I resolved to make things better for us both. I told Mick I was leaving first thing in the morning for New York. I got a taste of freedom, and I wasn't ready to give it up. Did you tell Joe you were leaving? I waited until I was out of the state of Nevada before I called him. Problem is, Joe, I don't trust you. I'm going home. Don't do this to me, Georgia. I'm warning you, don't do this. Hello? Did you fall asleep? Or are your ears underwater? If you don't come back here... You don't have the slightest inkling of how I feel. I'm giving you the courtesy of a phone call so you don't worry about me, but I'm not coming back. I tried to make you understand how I felt last night, but you refused to hear me, as usual. You can't leave. You have to be in court in a few days. You handle it, Joe. You got us into it. You can get us out. If you jump bail, I'll be out five grand. It costs you more than money every time you do what you do to me, Joe. Maybe if you have to reach in your pocket, you'll think twice next time. I'll call you when I get home to let you know I got there safely. Goodbye, Joe. Were you worried about Joe coming after you? I knew he would threaten to, and that he might even try, but New York had gotten too dangerous for him. Joe had to stay in Las Vegas, for a while at least, and I liked the odds better than if I stayed. Were you worried about going back to Rochester? Not really. I wasn't personally involved, but things were different than when I left. A war was raging, and Sammy was struggling to maintain control. Everyone who knew anything was getting killed. Everyone was on edge. I kept my head down and worked on renovating the apartment above my parents' garage. Tony and I brought some laughter and light back to our lives in spite of the circumstances. Joe kept calling, sometimes threatening me, sometimes pleading and begging. Were you worried you might become a target? I was a target. For Joe, for the mafia, not to mention the authorities. You're referring to when you were brought in for questioning? (laughs) Yep. Talk about a crooked cop. Bill Mahoney was the worst kind. He was loyal to nothing and played everyone against one another. When the detectives picked me up, 
They led me into Mahoney's office, and I saw Al DeCanzio, a local gangster who was supposed to be locked up, sitting with his feet up on Mahoney's desk, talking on the phone like he owned the place. Anyway, they left me alone in there with Al, closing the door behind them. I'll call you back. Hi, Georgia. It's good to see you. You're looking good. What the hell are you doing here, Al? Bill wants to remodel his office, so he gets me out a few days a week to pound some nails. It's cheap labor for the city, and I get to use the phone and stretch my legs a bit. I knew this special treatment could only mean one thing. He was spilling his guts. I hadn't heard anything about him ratting, so I assumed no one was aware of it yet. So, what's going on in the streets? What are you asking me for, Al? You probably have more information than I do when you're inside. With all those phone calls you make, you must have enough information to write a book. That I do. That I do. How's Joe? He's fine. Where is he these days? He's around. Seen Sammy or any of the boys around lately? Al, what's the deal? Why are you here and why am I here? (laughs) Well, I know why I'm here. Why am I here, Al? If you don't know, then I sure don't. Since you have unlimited use of the phone, Al, why don't you call me a cab? You know what, Al? You're nothing but scum. You can tell those two-faced bastards that I said to drop dead. And if they have a problem with that, tell them to call my lawyer. I was pissed. I knew they couldn't hold me. It was a setup if I ever saw one. Or maybe it was Mahoney's way of unnerving a few people. He was a master at that. But I was having none of it. As I marched down the corridor, I ran straight into Sal Ruvio, one of the cleaner detectives. Georgia, what are you doing here? You tell me, Sal. Give Mahoney a message for me. Tell him the next time he wants to speak with me, he's going to need a warrant. Goddamn cops, you're all alike! Did you ever find out what Mahoney wanted? Not exactly, but I knew he was trying to set me up to get Joe. And that if he put word out on the street that I was talking to Al, I wouldn't be safe. I started to feel that my time in Rochester was running out. And then one day, I was at the local pool with Tony when I caught a glimpse of Joe. I was surprised he risked coming back to town for me. But then, he never thought very clearly when it came to our relationship. He hadn't spotted me yet, but I knew it was only a matter of minutes. I didn't think, I just reacted. I rose from my chair, left my book and towel behind, and walked over to Tony. She reached up and took my extended hand, and we walked out the back towards the car. Because we have to go someplace, and we don't want to be late? Oh. Will you help Mommy? Will you walk quickly towards the car? Okay. We exited the parking lot and turned down the hill toward the street. The next hurdle was to drive by the front without being seen. No chance. Joe's eagle eyes spotted the car. He stood there, frozen. His dominating look told me to turn back if I knew it was good for me, but my foot, acting entirely on its own, pressed the pedal beneath it. 
Blurred images ran past my window. I moved on pure adrenaline. I had no idea where I was going. The car just drove itself, or maybe my shadow had taken over. I found myself on the freeway heading west, without a clue as to how I got there. Buckle your seatbelt, okay, baby? Mommy, where are we going? I don't know, honey. What are we going to do when we get there? I don't know. I'm hungry, Mommy. Can we stop at that McDonald's? Sure. As I exited the freeway and drove to the drive-thru window, I opened my wallet and saw I only had $60. In a panic, I glanced down at the gas gauge. Thank God. It was full. I thought, what the hell was I doing? But where there's a will, there's a way. And I knew I couldn't turn back now. Days later, we arrived in Los Angeles in the middle of rush hour traffic. The Hollywood sign emerged through the smog and I felt as if it was mocking me. I had no plan, no savings, and nowhere to stay. I knew modeling was out of the question. Not only was I unestablished and without my portfolio, I couldn't risk getting recognized. I got off the freeway and stopped at a phone booth. I stared blankly at the phone for several minutes. I felt lost and alone as I tried to think of who I could call. And then I remembered. Jim Alquist, my old modeling friend, lives somewhere in L.A. I opened the phone book and feverishly flipped through the pages. Thank God he was listed. Hello? Oh, thank God you answered, Jimmy. Georgia? How the heck are you? Not great, Jim. I need to ask you a big favor. Yeah, sure. I left Joe, but he's not happy about it, and I impulsively drove out to L.A. with Tony. I've only got 35 cents to my name, and I don't have a place to stay. I, I don't know what I would have done if you hadn't answered. I hate having to ask you this, but I don't know what else to do. S- slow down. Slow down. Jesus. Of, of course you can stay here, but it's only a studio. You and Tony will have to share the couch if that's okay. It's better than the car. Thanks, Jim. One day I'll repay you for this. Georgia, there is one condition. That the asshole never finds out I took you in. I I put that bullshit behind me when I left Rochester. He doesn't need another excuse to come busting down my door in the middle of the night. Don't worry about that, Jim. He doesn't have any idea where to start looking. (sighs) Okay. Where are you? Corner of Sunset and Highland. Okay, you're only ten minutes away. Just... Keep going east on Sunset. Turn right at Kingsley Drive. I'm number 408. I'll put some coffee on. Jim? Yeah? Thank you. A week later, all hell broke loose back home. Headlines shouted out death. The good guys led by the police and the bad guys led by Sammy were at war. And the bad guys were killing one another off as well in order to ensure the golden rule of silence would not be broken. I knew they would slowly work their way to the top, to Sammy, but I couldn't worry about all that. All I could think about was how was I going to make some money and survive with Tony without showing my face? 
Wheel Woman is written by Lars Jacobson and Sabrina Jaglum and directed by Sabrina Jaglum. Produced by Lars Jacobson and Sabrina Jaglum. Executive produced by Georgia Durante and Noel Brown for iHeartRadio. Wheel Woman stars Lelia Symington as Georgia. With additional performances by Tanner Beard, Zachary Weber, Simon Jaglum, Chase Mullins, Nick Williams, Gabe Greenspan, Dylan McCollum, Garrett Bear, Nora Garrett, Duncan Caladine, Victoria Foyt, Max Georgie, Mariah Bess, and Max Jacoby. Edited by Chris Childs with sound design and theme music by Chris Childs. Adapted from the book The Company She Keeps by Georgia Durante. Wheel Woman Confessions of a Getaway Driver is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Martha Stewart, and we're back with a new season of my podcast. This season will be even more revealing and more personal with more entrepreneurs, more live events, and more questions from you. I'm talking to my cosmetic dermatologist, Dr. Dan Belkin, about the secrets behind my skincare. Encore Jane about creating a billion-dollar startup. Walter Isaacson about the geniuses who change the world. Listen and subscribe to the Martha Stewart Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Shannon Doherty, host of the new podcast, Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty. So in this podcast, I'm going to be talking about marriage, divorce, my family, my career. I'm also going to be talking a lot about cancer, the ups and the downs, everything that I've learned from it. It's going to be a wild ride. So listen to Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Alec Baldwin. This past season on my podcast, Here's the thing. I spoke with more actors, musicians, policymakers, and so many other fascinating people, like jazz bassist Christian McBride. Jazz is based on improvisation, but there's very much a form to it. You have a conversation based on that melody and those chord changes. So it's kind of like giving someone a topic and say, okay, talk about this. Listen to the new season of Here's the Thing on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.